from iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade, starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. This is the debut edition of This Is Extreme. We are going to get very extreme on this podcast going forward every single Friday as we talk about ECW. Let's get into what is a stack, 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 stack show. We're talking about the very first ECW pay-per-view from 1997, Barely Legal. But before we get into the show, I want to thank all our fans for making this possible. Thank you for all our subscribers from all over the world. Thank you for following us on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Let's get into the show. Well, before I get into the show, let me just explain what the show's going to be. We're going to be talking about every hardcore TV. We're going to be talking about every ECW pay-per-view. When we get to ECW on TNN, we're going to be talking about that shit too. So, let's get into it. ECW Barely Legal, April 13th. 1997 this was a very historic show this was the very first ecw pay-per-view ecw started out as eastern championship wrestling became extreme championship wrestling 
built up a following for years before they finally got on pay-per-view. And due to popular demand, the fans demanded it. They called into their cable providers and demanded an ECW pay-per-view. So they obliged. They gave ECW this time slot. And this was a real make-it-or-break-it show for the company. If ECW failed on this night, there may not be a company to fall back on. It really was all or nothing, and they did not just succeed. They hit the ball so far that this was not even just a home run. This was out of the damn stadium. This was a very, very fun show. So let's get into it. ECW start well, Barely Legal starts out with Joey Styles in the ring. He welcomes everybody to the show. We're live from the world's famous ECW arena. They're going crazy. The crowd's going nuts. And before Joey Styles could run down the card, he is interrupted by the Dudley boys who come out. They cut a promo. They're shitting on the fans. Before the Dudleys could finish off, though, they're interrupted by the opening package of the pay-per-view. After that, we go back into the ring. We got Joe Gertner doing the formal introductions for the Dudley boys. Out comes the Eliminators, John Cronus, Perry Saturn. They start out the match by... Hitting sign guy Dudley with the total elimination, or as Joey Styles would say, total elimination! We got, that was weird. We got the match starting here for the ECW Tag Team Champions. The Dudley Boys versus Eliminators. This was a really fun matchup. The Eliminators are just pulling out crazy, crazy spots that were way ahead of their time. Crazy, high-risk offensive moves. The Dudley Boys lose the matchup here. The Eliminators are the new ECW Tag Team Champions. As a fun start, I'm going to give this match a 2.5 out of 5 stars. Joel Gertner gets into the ring. He tries to say that due to the Dudley Boy, well, due to the Dudleyville scoring cards, the Dudley Boys actually continue to, well, win the match and continue to reign as the ECW Champions. This is bullshit. You got the Eliminators come in. They see that this is just BS, and they hit Joel Gertner with total elimination. Really, really fun here. After this, Chris Candido comes out. Chris Candido was supposed to be on the show, but he's injured. He says that he went up north to WWE, became a big star, came back to WWE, oh, came back to ECW, I should say, and he is not even on the first show, well, the first pay-per-view because he is injured. He was supposed to wrestle Lance Storm. Lance Storm comes out and shakes Chris Candido's hand. The replacement for Chris Candido is Rob Van Dam, who at this point, people are calling a sellout. It looks like he's going to WCW or WWE. He's calling himself Mr. Monday Night. He says he loves to work Mondays. He wants to be getting paid more. So the fans are not really into RVD here, but RVD wins a very fun matchup here against Lance Storm. This was a sleeper match of the show. They really tore it up, and I really enjoyed this matchup. Young Rob Van Dam versus Young Lance Storm. How much better can you get here? Really good matchup. After the matchup, Rob Van Dam, he cuts a promo saying that he sold out to himself by wrestling on this pay-per-view, but now Rob Van Dam is worth more money here and not more money elsewhere. He is really just playing off of the you sold out shit. It's... Really cool to see heel Rob Van Dam in this period. The next matchup, we have an absolute amazing, amazing, amazing six-way matchup. This matchup stole 
the show, in my opinion. We got six Japanese wrestlers from Mishinoku Pro Wrestling. We got the Japanese BWO contingency of Terry Boy, Dick Togo, and Taka Mishinoku. They go against Grand Hamada, the great Sasuke, and Masato Yakasiji. Sorry if I butchered that name. No disrespect. This was amazing. This was something totally different, just like Joey Styles said. We had just insane, fast-paced, aerial action, strong style. This was a nice touch to this pay-per-view, and I think that this really added so much to the show. The team of the great Sasuke, Grand Hamada, and Masato Yakasiji, they win the matchup here. But, you know, the whole presentation on this match, having the streamers and the crowd just knowing so much about every one of them and just appreciating every single thing here, the atmosphere for this matchup was phenomenal. I really enjoyed this matchup. And like I said, this was my match of the night. They tore it down. This was very reminiscent of... I'd say the Dragon Gate six-way from the Ring of Honor show from like 2006. I don't know if anyone knows what I'm talking about. But if you know, you know. This was just phenomenal. And if ECW is going to be losing talent from their roster to WWE and WCW during this time period, they keep on freshening it up with international talent. When WCW raided them and took Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko, and Eddie Guerrero, ECW countered with Extreme Luchadors with Rey Mysterio, Juventud Guerrero, Psychosis, and La Parca. Now that those guys are gone too, ECW's countering with the strong style Japanese stars of Mishinoku Pro Wrestling. So it was just really cool to see this. We got a really good promo here from Stevie Richards talking about that all his life he was the last to be... Uh, picked for kickball. He was the guy who didn't get a prom date. He would have to go to the movies by himself. But tonight, all of that has changed. He will become the world heavyweight champion out of spite to Raven. This is going to be one hell of a main event. Lots of drama leading into this. The franchise, Shane Douglas, comes out. He cuts a promo. He's with his head cheerleader, the queen of extreme, Francine. He's basically saying that he's... He promised that he was going to take ECW to the promised land, and he did. He put the company on his back, and they're now here on pay-per-view. The story of this matchup is he's been he's been harassed and stalked by a masked man who is obviously ravishing Rick Rude. We all know the voice. We all know the mannerisms of Rick Rude. Rick Rude has been making Franchise life a living hell. Franchise has his team, the Triple Threat, who is made up of Chris Candido himself and Bulldozer Brian Lee, a.k.a. Fake Undertaker, Underfaker. But yeah, and they are not too pleased with Ravishing Rick Rude. The other story of this matchup is that a few years ago, Franchise Shane Douglas broke the neck of Pitbull number one, Gary Wolf. And when he had to have a surgical halo drilled into him, Shane Douglas took the halo and threw him down, which caused a riot. It was a lot of heat. 
Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. But now Pitbull number one is injured and on the sidelines with a broken neck. And Pitbull number two, Anthony Durancey, his tag team partner, wants revenge. So franchise Shane Douglas is putting up the ECW television champion against Pitbull number two on this night. And the stipulation is if franchise Shane Douglas defeats Pitbull number two, then Ravishing Rick Rude has to unmask. So there's a lot going into this matchup. This matchup was... A little bit of a miss for me. Franchise and Pitbull 2 had good chemistry, but there was points where it didn't seem like Pitbull 2 could really keep up with the pacing that Franchise wanted to keep. He looked a little sloppy at times. Also, I feel like there was parts where the match did pick up and was starting to climax, but then it would just go on for a little bit longer and the crowd would be taken out of it. There was some boring chance during this, and this is not what you want for your very first pay-per-view. But nonetheless, the franchise, Shane Douglas, he defeats Pitbull number two. He regains the ECW television champion, and it's time for Ravishing Rick Rude to come out and unveil himself. So, before the matchup, franchise Shane Douglas comes out with a riot team to protect himself from Ravishing Rick Rude during the matchup. So now, the masked man, after the matchup, comes out. He has the mask on. He has the Ravishing robe on. It's clear that it's Rick Rude. He comes out, and he kisses Francine. Francine looks like she likes it. We all think that it's going to be clear that it's Rick Rude. But then one of the Riot Gear members comes into the ring and hits Franchise with the nightstick, pulls off the helmet, and that's Rick Rude. And it turns out that the guy under the mask is Bulldozer Brian Lee, turning his back on the triple threat. He is now aligned with Rick Rude. Rick Rude and Brian Lee, they 
got their comeuppance on the triple threat and on the franchise Shane Douglas. This was just one crazy, crazy segment. A lot went into this segment. A lot of stories, cross stories, different things went into this. So it was really crazy to see this. Raven cut a promo saying that tonight everyone's going to rage against the machine and he will regain the title. He's going to destroy the legend of Terry Funk. And then we got a promo from Taz. Taz cut a promo, a scathing promo on Sabu, which leads to the grudge match of the century. One of the two main events here tonight. We got Sabu versus Taz. This matchup was built for years. Sabu and Taz were actually a tag team. Sabu no-showed a matchup and took a booking in Japan. And Taz had to wrestle the match by himself. And they lost the tag team titles. I think in 1995. So this led to Sabu being fired from the company. And Taz being his own wrestler. He went from the Tasmaniac to the human suplex king. The suplex machine Taz. And became a monster. Sabu was brought back into the company. But now Taz hates his effing guts. And these two are on a collision course, and they don't touch for almost a year. But finally here, we get Sabu versus Taz, and this was an absolute amazing, amazing, amazing matchup. Lived up to the hype, had all the aggression in the world, really felt like a real grudge matchup. Sabu and Taz had great chemistry with each other. I really enjoy this matchup. This matchup, I gave this 4 out of 5 stars, had that big fight feel. This was just great. Taz wins the match when he chokes out Sabu. After the match, Sabu and Taz are in the ring. Taz grabs the mic and he says that Sabu took him to his limits and he respects that and he wants to shake his hand. So Sabu is hesitant but then shakes Taz's hand. Then Rob Van Dam attacks Taz. RVD comes out, helps Sabu. Sabu joins in. They attack Taz. And Taz's manager, Bill Alfonso, He reveals that this was a grand plan, that he is aligned with Sabu, and he turns his back on Taz. So Bill Afonso is now aligned with Sabu and Rob and Dam, and they just destroy Taz. We get the main event of the night here. Terry Funk versus Stevie Richards versus the Sandman. This three-way was just insane. We have Tommy Dreamer on commentary. The Sandman is just drinking beer, Throwing shit at people. Throwing ladders at Terry Funk. It's just insane. Terry Funk, who was in his late 50s here, is doing moonsaults. Stevie Richards, who no one expected to be in this spot, is really showing that he belongs in this spot by really putting on a great, great performance here. This was just insane. This was an elimination matchup. Stevie Richards is eliminated first by Terry Funk. Terry Funk... Then battles it out with the Sandman. Terry Funk beats the Sandman. And then Raven instantly comes in and beats the crap out of Terry Funk. Bloodies him up. Just destroying the legend. We got the return of Big Dick Dudley who tries to throw Tommy Dreamer off of the Eagle's Nest. Instead, Tommy Dreamer throws Big Dick off of the Eagle's Nest. Through three tables, which is insane. Tommy Dreamer comes into the ring, fights off Raven's Nest. Terry Funk with the roll-up pin on Raven. One, two. Everyone thinks it's three. Raven kicks out. Hits him with another roll-up. One, two, three. And just before the show goes off the air, 
Terry Funk wins the ECW champion, and this crowd is going crazy. It it was insane, the energy that they were blowing through this arena here. Terry Funk, at his age, this is his retirement year. He said that 1997 will be his final year, and he is now the ECW World Heavyweight Champion, beating Raven with the help of Tommy Dreamer. This was just a great, great way to end the show. Real feel-good moment here. I really enjoyed this. This whole show was phenomenal. I gave it a 4 out of 5 stars. Not just for the great wrestling, but for the atmosphere, for the crowd participation, for the the history being made on this show, and for the fact that this was a real make or break for ECW, like I said, and ECW succeeded and had a great show. This was really good. Now, going forward, I'm going to be... I'm going to be watching every single ECW Hardcore TV in episodic order to to review on this show and to lead us into the next ECW pay-per-views. When ECW gets on TNN, we'll be talking about ECW on TNN as well. But for right now, I'm going to just give a quick rundown of the following ECW Hardcore TV after this pay-per-view. This There was a little wrestling on the show. It was a lot of recapping of what happened during Bound for for glory wow that's yesterday's show today's show is ecw there was a lot of recapping of what happened on ecw's barely legal um we got two matches on the show and we got a lot of story development uh rob van dam is feuding with chris candido he slaps sunny on the ass and candido and him get into a big brawl which leads to rvd confronting candido in the ring RVD and Sabu, they jump Candido, and then Taz comes out. Taz takes out RVD and Sabu, and then he attacks Chris Candido. We got a match between Little Guido Maritato teaming up with Tracy Smothers, the fully-blooded Italians, versus Chris Chetty and Spike Dudley. This was a pretty fun matchup. Chris Chetty and Spike Dudley get the victory. And then the main event of the night, we got Balls Mahoney versus Corporal Punishment. Balls Mahoney gets up the victory. We got... Promos from Tommy Dreamer and Funk. We got a Raven promo. We got a Stevie Richards promo. Raven says he forgives Stevie Richards. Stevie Richards doesn't want to be forgiven. Stevie Richards hates Raven, and he says that every single time he beats someone in the ring, he's beating Raven because Raven was his biggest detractor. He was his biggest bully. He was the guy who was holding him down. We got a Rick Rude promo, and we got a franchise promo. Rick Rude saying that Francine loved the kiss from uh, Bulldozer Brian Lee. And he's going to continue to make Franchise life hell. Franchise says that he is no longer in his prime. You don't got what it takes to hang. And he could destroy him if he wants to. So that was ECW Hardcore TV from April 22nd, 1997. Going forward, I will watch a couple episodes of ECW Hardcore TV. Because a lot of it is recaps. But we will watch a couple episodes. So we will be able to review a, a good handful of matches. But thank you everybody for following along. Make sure you check out AEW Revolution this Sunday and listen to the review of that show on this podcast, the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Tune in on Monday for the Fight for Monday Night, Raw vs. Nitro, the very first episode in 1996 of Nitro and Raw. We got the Raw Bowl versus one hell of a card from WCW Nitro. And then tune in on Wednesday for the Fight for Wednesday Night, AEW versus NXT. Then making an impact on Thursday, and this is Extreme on Friday. Take care, everybody. Have a great weekend.
From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade, starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply.